Welcome to Healthy Habits Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. everyone, Annie here. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio. On today's episode, Jen and I discuss a situation that has come up in our community more times than I can remember. What to do when you see a photo of yourself and you hate it. Before you hit the delete button or try to fix whatever it is that you don't love about the photo, give this show a listen. We share some thoughts about behind why this happens, hint, you're not alone, and some possible solutions to help you feel more comfortable with photos. Enjoy. Jen, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What are you up to? Um, well, it's morning here. I just dropped all my kids off at their various places, and now I'm chatting with you. Doing the little morning shuffle, the morning routine. Yeah, it's, yeah, more like chaos and, yeah. <laughs> Are you almost ready for summer? How many How many more weeks do you have? Uh, we've got, we go right till the end of June, I think June 29th, but. Um, oh my goodness. I'm, That's a long I, time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm like probably your typical mom that is looking forward to not having a routine slash dreading <laughs> two months of kids home yeah yeah we our our kids are out of school on friday oh so, that's crazy but you guys go back in august don't you yeah we're almost there but yeah then we have a we have a nanny for the summer our first time having a nanny yeah like, that's gonna be amazing we we I, we have someone in the summer too she comes um and we have for the last uh couple years so she comes the the um girl we have this summer is coming three days a week so that's so nice. This our nanny, I guess, is really excited about um, doing activities with the kids, and she has all these like plans for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And oh, I'm that's like, you go, awesome. girl. <laughs> yeah, that's remember awesome. when you like you? I used to be that mom, and now I'm like, go play outside. I know it's exhausting. <laughs> we, I, you know what? I do find since I've. I've gotten like for me and the same as for you when you have three kids and you need childcare, a nanny is actually um the ch- cheaper option really so so I don't know what childcare costs are for you but here it's about five dollars per child per hour so for me that would be fifteen dollars an hour to have them in childcare. Mm-hmm. And it's also $15 an hour for me to have a nanny. So it just makes sense that we would hire a nanny. And it's, I, I can't even tell you how much easier it is to have somebody show up at your house and handle everything rather than Agreed. getting your kids out of the house being the hardest part, right? So, yes. And packing all those bags and yeah, it's a gong show and packing lunches. And it's just so nice to have somebody show up, handle it all. And yeah, I also like, I'll often put tasks on her list, like, um, doing the kids laundry, tidying up their rooms. Um, yeah, just little things. She she doesn't do any deep cleaning, but I do, I get her to do little things. I think that we've talked about that before. I think that might, I don't know if that's a Canadian thing or a cultural thing. Cause I don't know if maybe I could be wrong. I don't know if American nannies are expected to do any housework or if it just depends on the nanny or, um, 
I've always required it. <laughs> so just ask. The thing is, yeah, like the thing is if I mean, my kids often lay down in the afternoons still, especially in the summer here, because they'll go, go all morning and then they'll need like some quiet time in the afternoon. And so what's the nanny supposed to do? Just sit down and relax, (laughs) which is like, you know, which is fine. If you're a mom, it's fine. If you're a nanny, you know, you got to get up. Yeah. Well, then I think like, well, you can fold some laundry or sweep the kitchen or put the dishes away. Yeah. So anyways, I highly recommend um, that as a childcare option, if it's available to you. I know a lot of female entrepreneurs that work from home that try and just you know, manage it over the summer. And I'm like, I would lose my mind. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, well, that was, a. I mean, we, we've had, some, the three of us have had some summers like that and it's just, you can't really be a mom and you can't really be working. It's like, you're just trying to like divide you're just your, frustrated yeah. constantly. You yeah. can't really be present in either element and it's just, and then that doesn't ever leave me feeling very fulfilled. <laughs> Yeah, I know when we started this company, I had a one and a half year old, um, one and a half year old, a three year old and a five year old. And none of us had childcare when we started. We weren't making any money. So, (laughs) so, and that was so hard. I remember most of my work hours were um, nap time evenings. Like, I, I don't know how many people know this, but I built our first website, which was awful. But it got built between the hours of 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. Um, for the first couple months that we had just started. And that's what you do when you're starting a business. Um, but I'm so glad we're past that now. That was brutal. It a rite of passage, though. It wasn't awful. It just was... Um you know, you, I mean, you did a great job, like much better than I could have. Oh. <laughs> Mine would have been like a MySpace account or something. <laughs> well, like here are you. your top friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Should we get into this topic or what? Cause it's a good topic. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm, it's an, yeah. I'm really pumped about this. This conversation comes up in our community so, so many times. And, um, I feel like with summer brings more parties, um, more reasons to celebrate more weddings and women are just seeing more photographs of themselves. And, um, what happens or what can happen is you have a photo taken of yourself, whether you asked for it, whether it was taken without permission or whatever you get, it gets posted online, you view it somehow. And you have this moment where you're like, I don't like that photo at all. I don't like how I look. I don't like my body. I don't like my hair. I don't like my makeup. I don't like my outfit. Or you just have this flat out like, oh my gosh, this is what I look like moment. And I've been there. You've been there, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, so we wanted to talk about A, why this happens and B, what you can do. And in researching this uh, topic for the podcast, I actually found like some research that backs up why this happens. And it was, it made me feel a lot better because it was kind of like, okay, this isn't just me. Like this happens to a lot of people. And one of the reasons, um, I don't know, have you noticed a difference when you take a selfie in your camera versus Instagram? Um, like the Instagram camera Yeah, or 
Um, I don't use the Instagram camera, so I haven't really paid attention. But what's the well? What's the I, deal? I I could be wrong. We might get some we might get some feedback on this, but I'm pretty sure that the Instagram camera, like on the Insta stories, is a mirror, and the actual camera, like your camera app on the iPhone, is like it flips the image, so oh. it's it shows what you really look like in that moment. And the reason this is important is because there's something called the mirror exposure effect. And um, I can't take credit for this. This is not mine. Um, but what happens is we're used to seeing ourselves in the mirror, right? Right. Which, which is a mirror image of us. And when we see ourselves in a photo, which is not the mirror image of us, we're kind of like, huh. That kind of looks like me, but kind of not. And so what happens is when we take selfies and we get the mirror effect, it's like us looking in a mirror. It looks really familiar to us. And so I think that that's why I've preferred the Instagram camera. Annie, you're right. I just did it. So <laughs> while you were talking, I took a selfie with my camera uh-huh. and I took, and then I flipped over and took a and did um, a picture with my Insta story. And yeah, it's different. Isn't it fascinating? So yeah. again, it's called the mirror exposure effect. And essentially it boils down to the more familiar we are with something, the more we like it. So we're used to seeing ourselves in the mirror, right? And we aren't used to seeing ourselves head on like strangers see us or, you know, like everyone else sees us. So when we see a photo of us, it's kind of like, ah, that picture's me, but it's not really me. Right. Isn't it weird? Like, it's so strange. Yeah. So when I look at my, my Instagram selfie, that looks like me. You're exactly right. Because it is like I'm looking into a mirror and then I flip back to my my iPhone camera picture and my part is on the opposite side. And I know. it's like, that's weird. I know. I like whenever I look at like, so that's, I, that's why I take a lot of my selfies in the Instagram camera, but just because I think I prefer it. Good tip. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is you would probably see a photo of me taken with a, a in a normal camera and not think anything of it. I just happen to have built up a preference to the mirror image of me because I'm used to looking in the mirror and that's how we're used to seeing ourselves. So, you know, when I see, um, she's, you can't see on video right now, but she's sitting here taking selfies. I'm no, I'm looking at, I'm zooming into my eyebrows and I'm like, I need to pluck those babies. (laughs) They are getting out of control. Stay focused, Jen. Stay focused. (laughs) Stay focused. Um, but they've even done studies on um, the woman in the article that was talking about this did the Mona Lisa, and she showed her class the Mona Lisa, like the mirror image of it and which one they preferred. And um, hands down, almost always they preferred the original versus the mirrored image just because it was more familiar. Right, like they didn't, yeah. they, you probably, if I, if I said to you which way is Mona Lisa facing, you probably couldn't tell me right off the bat. But if you saw the image, you would naturally be drawn to the one that you've seen before. Isn't that interesting? It's really interesting. Yeah. So I think that's just, again, like there's, there's a reason why maybe when you look at a selfie or you look at a photo of yourself, a friend takes a photo, a headshot, um, you're having some professional photos at work taken and you're like, is that what I look like? 
Like, right. It's not, it's not because that photo is like good or bad or anything. It's just that you're probably not used to seeing yourself. Look, she's still taking selfies. <laughs> I'm not, here. I'm still looking at my eyebrows. <laughs> your I have eyebrows, some stray wild hairs. I can your see. eyebrows look fabulous. You need to go into the car and tweeze those. Yeah, I do. As soon as we're done here, you know what the I'm car, doing. The car, the car, car always the car rear view mirror is where I always find eyebrows that are out of place. Totally. Um. Anyways, the other reason that this could happen when you have this, oh my gosh, I don't like that photo. I hate that photo. Um. Is that what I look like? Kind of moment when you see a photo is the. It, what happens most of the time is you're just not used to seeing yourself. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. especially your whole body. And um, what was really interesting to me is uh, like probably three or four weeks ago, I found um, an iPhone, my first iPhone, which would have been from like 2010 maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrolling through the photos and I was not in a single photo on that camera roll. And I have some hunches why I just didn't want to be photographed. And, you know, I was gaga over my baby at the time. And so it was all like photos of her or maybe some selfies, but definitely not whole body photos. Right. And, um, I think a lot of women are that way. And we actually hear that in our community that, uh, women are intentionally asking for their partners, their spouses, their boyfriends, their, um, moms or dads or, or, uh, other children even to take photos of them with right. their kids so they can actually get in the photo. Right. But what happens is if you're not used to seeing yourself in the photo, it can be kind of like a, Oh, okay. That is that what I look like? That's what right. I look like. And yeah. seeing yourself from a variety of angles and a variety of lighting and a variety of apparel and positions and seated and standing and, I'm not just talking like, you know, with the quote unquote skinny arm with the hips at the right angle, one foot (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right? Basically the bikini model stance. Yes. Yes. Like your hip cocked, your arm, your hand on your hip. Hand on your hip. Yeah. Yeah. Head tilted down. One one leg point with the knee pointed in on the (laughs) tiptoe. Yes. Like you, I mean, we've all read the tips and glamour or whatever it is, you know, um, so the bottom line, as as we mentioned above, the the mere exposure effect just breeds this sense of comfort, and um, it's just a lack of, or it can be a lack of familiarity that we're just not used to seeing our bodies. And I know the inclination can be to like shock and panic right. and kind of freak out and have this moment of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need to do something about this. Um, but that's actually our first tip on what to do, how to get more comfortable with seeing photos of yourself is don't panic. And, uh, we've talked about this before in our community, but the diet cycle, the, um, the, on this, on the wagon, off the wagon cycle of dieting often begins with feelings of shame or negativity about your body. And, um, I know that seeing a photo of yourself can also often be that trigger to want to like diet and change your body or, you know, oh my gosh, I've got to get my, um, I got to get new makeup or I got to stop wearing that dress or I have to like lose 10 pounds or, you know, remind me never to wear my hair like that again or tuck my hair behind my ears or whatever. suck in next time someone brings out a camera or yeah. Yeah. Or don't be on the end of a group photo, you know, like, um, 
it, it can, it can instill these, mo- you can have these moments of panic. Like I need to fix whatever it is you hate about the photo. And we would urge you to just pause, take a moment. You can recognize those impulses. Absolutely. Mm. You can say, okay, this is what my instinct is telling me or my gut is telling me or what, you know, my, the, the shame and, and the embarrassment I have about my body in this moment, this is how I want to address it. But that doesn't mean you have to take action on it. Right. Um, so, uh, one of the times, the first time this happened to me, the first time this happened to me and I did not delete the photo. That's the other thing I wanted to mention is with, um, ever since digital cameras came out, we also have the ability to delete any photos that we don't like of ourselves. So you can see it, you can instantly delete it and then it doesn't exist anymore. And then your photo library just becomes a series of photos that you like of yourself. So, you know, we're not even, we're not even getting accustomed to these images that we don't particularly like because we're deleting them. Um, you know what I mean? Rather than right, getting, getting feel, more comfortable with them. Yeah. I can feel, I, I can understand where that desire to like, just, oh my gosh, get rid of this. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to see that photo again. Just delete goodbye out of sight, out of mind. Um, but then, like you said, we're really not addressing the issue here. We're right. just, and we're, you, we're not leaning into that uncomfortableness. Like, what is it about this photo that I don't like? And why does that upset me so much? Right. And if you go back, say, I don't know, 20 years, um, I remember we had family photos done when I was young. And back then, you it was film camera. So you didn't get to see the photos until after they were um, processed. And it was really expensive to get a photographer back then. I mean for our family anyways. And so we got, I remember we got, and and family photos weren't something people did, you know, well, our family anyways, I should just speak to our family. You didn't do them every year. You didn't hire a professional every year to get, or every second year, whatever people do to get professional photos done. I think we have um, just a couple from my childhood that were actually professional. So you hire the photographer, you go out for the day wherever you're going or you go to a studio, you get the photos done and then you wait to get the photos back um, from the photographer and you get what you get. And if you have a weird smile or you don't like the way your body looks, you get what you get. And so... And you just... You have to get used to it, I guess, right? So I we have all these photos um, from this... One photo shoot we did with my whole family, aunts, uncles, cousins, and everything, and um, we had one shot at it, and we got what we got. We got them back, and, you know, I never really thought to ask my mom (laughs) how she felt about them, but she also didn't complain. But maybe that's something, you know, that back then when it wasn't an option for us to choose the most flattering photo, delete the ones we don't like, um, maybe that's just something people weren't as picky about. Well, and you know, we had a colleague, um, I don't know if she's still running the group at the time, um, today, but I, I want to say it was Jessica who was doing a group that was dedicated to one take selfies. Do you remember that? No, I don't. And the premise of the group was that you would just take one selfie a day. That was it. And you didn't take a hundred selfies to get the perfect lighting with the perfect angle and the perfect hair and the perfect smile and, you know, fix your eyeliner and then do your hair again. You just took one 
And that was it. Right. And um, so not only was it this practice of like, okay, I'm just going to take one and that's going to be good enough, but it's also the practice of I'm going to take a photo of myself and I'm going to look at it. And I'm going to look beyond just the stuff I don't like. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is, um, you know, kind of walks us right into our second point after, you know, after you don't panic. I mean, you can panic. You can, you can have this moment of... Um, or, you know, moments of discomfort, but, and acknowledging those impulses that like, oh, this is uncomfortable. This is hard to look at. I don't like how this feels. And, and like I said, you can acknowledge the, um, desire to maybe want to fix it or, uh, to address it, but that doesn't mean that you have to act on it. You don't have to, you know, throw away the clothes that you were wearing or start a diet or, you know, this intense exercise routine, um, get a new bathing suit, whatever it is. But step two is to keep looking and keep taking the photos. And, um, this was kind of a solution that worked really, has worked really well for me that I just happened to stumble upon naturally. Um, and I know that it can feel counterintuitive to keep taking photos of yourself, especially if they're causing discomfort, but in my experience, repeated exposure to seeing my body, again, in a variety of angles and clothing and lighting has really helped me get more comfortable with just seeing my body. Right. And um, sure, there are some angles uh, and clothing that might be, quote unquote, more flattering, right. um, which I really don't like that word <laughs> um, because of what it implies. Uh, but it's just seeing my body move through space, which I was taking videos mainly to help with lifting technique. But what happened was I just got really comfortable seeing my body, right. mo- moving, jumping, uh, lifting, standing. Yeah. And, and it was really eye opening to me. And the more I did it, the more it was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like the cellulite, the first time I saw it was like, <gasps> cellulite. Now I see cellulite and I'm like, no big deal. It's almost, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't carry the same weight or the shock value that it used to. Yeah. So I wonder now we have, you know, the reason we would be disappointed in the first place is we're uncomfortable with what we see, which you had said. So, so why are we uncomfortable? Is it because inside of our heads, we have an image of what we think we look like, or is it because we have an image of what we think we should look like? Is there something we're hoping for? And it's sort of like moving past those ideas and ideals we've set and understand that that, that is what we look like from that particular angle. We also, um, we also, what people see when they're looking at you is different than what a photo captures and the way that um, we, we don't, we're not three-dimensional in photos. Do you know what I mean? So, right. um, and that's why, you know, for professional photographers or there's, you know, there's a whole industry, the makeup industry that is around um, for videoing and taking photos. It's to make people look, quote unquote, better um, in photos and on video, right? So the other thing is that if your social media feed um, or whatever, if, 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 if what you look at day in and day out is more professional photos, and I see a rise of that even on um, people's personal social media pages, they're only sharing um, if, you know, 
touched up photos that are either professional, Photoshop, have filters put on them, um, then you aren't being exposed to, you know, real life photos, then yours can look even more shocking, right? Yeah, but you have to remember to that people are comparison. just sharing yep. their, their quote unquote best or most flattering photos and videos. And yeah, so when you just take a random snapshot or see a random snapshot of yourself, that can also be why it feels shocking because you don't see that in other people, right? Yeah. Well, and someone in our group, um, I'll I'll have to go back and look at who said it. She had a wonderful analogy because a member had come to us and she said, you know, look, I just had this photo taken and I'm freaking out about it. I do not like it whatsoever. And she essentially kind of said, think of a sunset that when you're viewing a sunset with your own eyes and then try to capture a picture of it, the picture never does it justice. Right. And when we take a photo, our, we often think at least that our, our image is reduced, all of our being is reduced to this like visible platform, like this right. visible image. And that's not all of us. That's just us in that one moment of time. And um, I think... You know, again, Jen, you it's you just like segued right into our third point, which is not every photo is going to be an amazing photo for whatever reason, and that's okay. And right. I think that it boils down to managing expectations, like you said, like why you know why do I think this is a you know an unflattering photo, a bad photo? Why do I not like this? What do I expect it to be? And then practicing self compassion. Right. You know, the like, other thing is that um, I think we have, I think another reason we might feel disappointed is because maybe in the moment that our photo is being taken, we, we feel good. We're having fun. We're with friends, kids, whatever. And you feel so good in your mind you know, you start thinking you must look so good because you felt so good. And then you see the photo and you feel like it doesn't reflect how you felt in that moment. And Bethany Bellingham, uh, a woman in our community and a previous podcast guest, she's talked about this um, in our group. And she has said the same thing. It's okay to not like particularly like a photo that you see of yourself but try to remember how you felt in the photo rather than how you think you look in that photo and that happened to me a couple of weeks ago here I we had come home um the boys and I and we had brought this huge haul of groceries we pull into the garage and the boys jump out of the car and they start riding their bikes up and down the driveway and I'm hauling all the groceries in and my oldest son had grabbed my phone just probably from inside the car and he took a photo of me um and he had first he had said mom I went and I I stopped and I leaned against um our vehicle and smiled and kind of crossed my arms and he took the photo of me and how I felt in that moment was really strong because I was hauling all these groceries in and I was just feeling like such a badass and I felt really confident. So when I crossed my arms and leaned against the car, I, I just felt strong and confident. And I thought the photo would reflect that. <laughs> but 
It did not. <laughs> and it was taken from a kid's angle. So it was taken on the upward angle, you know, the best angle ever. Not. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was leaning against the vehicle and my thighs were pressed up against, you know, so then they were bigger. Um, and I, I was a hot mess. My sunglasses were perched too high on my nose. Like there was just so many things I didn't like about this photo. And I went through this process, the same process that we're talking about here. So many years ago, I would have just deleted that photo. And, but, um, you know, today I just sort of know better. So, um, I work on responding rather than reacting. Because mm-hmm. I am kind of a reactive person. <laughs> so that's something I'm working on personally, but that is something people can apply to looking at photos. Stop reacting, take a minute, be mindful, and um, respond rather than react. So I decided to keep, you know, I kept the photo. And um, in that moment, I remembered how I felt and also how my boys probably saw me. Like they probably saw me as this strong woman, mom. Um, getting things done, right? Lifting things that they can't lift. Um, Yeah, so I kept the photo and it's still on my phone. And if I'm flipping through my photos and I see it, I have worked through the feelings. Obviously, we all have this ingrained fat phobia. We, when we see our bodies looking larger um, than we maybe thought they were, um, that can trigger, you know, shame or whatever. And I, I clearly still ha- all have all that stuff in me. Um, and, but I'm just working through it. So, um, yeah, so I kept the photo and, and the more I've looked at it, the more I have come to actually like that photo. And now I feel when I see it, I do see a strong and confident woman because it isn't necessarily how I look. It is how I felt, you know? Yeah. And, you know, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, it just is ingrained in a lot of us that when we see a photo of ourselves, we're instantly drawn to everything that's wrong with it. And if you just sit with it for a few moments, maybe even put it down, come back to it in a day, a week, put it down, come back to it, put it down, come back to it. I have I would be willing to bet that eventually you're going to move past all the stuff that you hate and start seeing the rest of the photo and remembering how you felt with it, uh, felt when that was taken. And in fact, that story reminds me a lot of, um, there's a photo I should, I should have shared this and I kick myself in the, in the butt. Is that the right term? Kick kick myself in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say head. I don't even think that's. But is. Better than head. Okay. So I kicked myself in the head. <laughs> That's a bit aggressive. Is that what you do when you're trying to motivate people, Annie? <laughs> yes, that's one of my personal training strategies. <laughs> Come well, train I don't with kick Annie. Anyone. She'll give you a real kick in the head. <laughs> I don't kick anyone ever. Um, I might poke your butt, but I would ask permission first. Um, right. Anyways. There's a photo of uh, Blair when she was uh, one week old and I uh, was rocking her in a chair and we had a photographer come to our house and take these beautiful, beautiful, like newborn photos. And I'm rocking Blair in the rocking chair and in her room and the lighting is just beautiful. And when I see it now, like even talking about it, I'm getting like verklempt. But when I see that photo now, I think, oh my God, that's, 
just the most beautiful photo ever. I intentionally did not post that photo when I had her because I did not like the way my stomach looked. I was one oh, week postpartum. Right. One yeah. week I postpartum. I think that happens a lot. Actually, Kathleen, um, who works for us, she's a Balance 365 coach, um, she just did a an Instagram post on this at um, Mama Inspiration, which is her um, Instagram handle. And she shared a photo of herself a couple days postpartum. And then you swipe and you see a similar photo from a different angle uh, or sorry, uncropped. And she talks about how her son is about three years old now. And she talks about how three years ago she was so upset and insecure about her postpartum body that the photo she decided to share on social media, she cropped out her stomach and she was choosing today to share um, the zoomed out uncropped photo because that is the reality of what she looked like and that is actually a more realistic portrayal of postpartum which I thought was just beautiful and Absol- more, more we need to see more stuff like absolutely. that absolutely right? but two years ago when I saw that photo I was just I mean my heart broke almost like I was just all that yucky diet culture, postpartum body, you know, just was so ingrained in me that I couldn't see past my stomach. And so I just opted to not post this beautiful photo of me rocking my baby girl at one week postpartum because I didn't like the way my stomach looked. Now I can look at it and say, that's exactly how I should have looked like that's Right. Exactly. That's, that's what I would expect. It was just a little too raw in the moment, you know? Right. But, um, you know, I'm happy that I have that photo now. Had I deleted yeah. that because I didn't like it, I would have missed out on that, you know? Right. So, yeah. I- and as you move along in your body acceptance journey, um, it is nice to look back on those photos. I have one from when I was nine months pregnant with my third, and I was putting a birthday cake down in front of my son it was his fourth birthday and everybody was singing and my husband was you know taking videos and pictures and same thing when I saw it so this is oh my gosh this is almost five years ago um when I saw it I was just mortified about how big I was but same thing I didn't delete it um I knew you know I even knew back then like that that is a moment that you will treasure and you do not like the way you look right now, but just keep this, keep this and come back to it. Now, when I go back to that photo five years later, I'm like, so awesome. So glad we still have that photo. I was nine months pregnant. I hosted a birthday party for a whole bunch of four-year-olds. And, you know, it was just like, mom, real raw, look, look at what you were doing. And like, proud of that photo now and and very very proud that I decided to keep it um and then I have it and you know we say to our women all the time hey like do you look back on photos of you and your mother and think oh my mom was so fat why does she keep this photo like most women our age you know we don't have a lot of photos with our mothers and the majority of women that we talk to wish they had more and they don't mm-hmm. care how their mother's body looks, right? Right. And so if we can just keep that in mind and also keep in mind, you know, purposefully, you know, for me, um, I sometimes when I share these 
stories and talk about keeping these photos, sometimes I feel like my purpose is, you know, sort of defiance of those feelings that I know are just conditioned feelings, um, fat phobic feelings. I think, no, like I am keeping this photo, whether I like it or not. And I'm keeping it in defiance of a society that tells me I should delete it and diet and whatever, but I'm also keeping it for my children so that my children can maybe understand one day that it's okay, right? To have various different photos of yourself mm-hmm. that maybe aren't all quote unquote flat- flattering. So I think if you can find a purpose, you might not, in the moment, you might not be able to think of any reason to keep that photo but if you zoom out and think of like you know big picture why you would keep that photo that can kind of help you even if you have to tuck it away for a while and come back and look at it you don't have to do anything with these photos right Uh, I mean you they could just sit on your phone it would just they don't it's not like they have to go on social media or you know be plastered on your Facebook wall or I mean they certainly could if you wanted but I mean you don't have to show anyone these photos this isn't about you know anyone else's perception of you but you like this is all about how you feel when you look at those photos and finding strategies and tools and uh, ways to help you feel more comfortable being photographed and and be more compassionate when you see an unflattering photo or a photo you don't like. Um, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, that's probably a big reason why women don't share these photos and why we don't see more of them because we know as women living in this society for however many decades you've been alive that people see women's sizes. They do. They're just conditioned to. So the smaller you can make yourself, the more likely the people you're showing the photo to will not just look at you. And so what I mean by that is, here's an example. When I was four and a half months pregnant with my first son, I bumped into a friend who I hadn't seen my whole pregnancy, and she saw me from across the parking lot and I saw her hand go up to her mouth like gasping and as she gets closer to me she's laughing and she goes you don't even look pregnant you just look fat (laughs) and I know which is you know I was horrified back then like my feelings were so hurt and you know now I could handle that fine I know that that is that was more that's that says more about what goes on in her head than actual an actual reflection of me right but I mean there's just a million different scenarios that I could share that um are an example of how our society actually um just picks apart women's bodies. And that is like, seems to be the first thing they see. And of course we're visual people. um, And of course we take in a scene and we notice people, but actually what it is is an example of our fat phobic society. If every time we walk into a different situation, we are noticing a woman's size. And um, I think we know that. And I think that's what can be scary about sharing a photo that's not quote unquote slimming. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and I've talked about this before when I was kind of at the peak of my, um, what do I want to say? Like really distaste for my own body. I have 
I have made the comparison to like, I would look at photos of myself or I would look at myself in the mirror with almost like a magnifying lens. And I would just like head to toe, just hold that magnifying lens over everything. Right. Like, and just nitpick myself to death. And what's really sad is I did that to other women. Yeah. Because that almost in some sick, strange, twisted world, it was like, I felt better about myself when I did that. So I know that when other people, like you said, that woman, you know, that's a reflection of more how, you know, what's the saying? What Susie says about Sally says more about Sally than Susie. Right. Um, (laughs) Are you impressed? Yeah, that was (laughs) awesome. Like I nailed that. Um, I know that that's usually a reflection of what's going on inside their heads versus you know, anything that has to do with me. But, uh, the, the great thing is as I've moved towards more body neutrality, body positivity, and I have decreased the amount that I nitpick myself, I've also decreased the amount that I nitpick other women. Right. Like now I like look at a photo. I'm not even looking at another woman. I'm like, Oh, she looks happier. Oh, that looks like her playing with her kids. Or, you know, sometimes I might be caught by like a, a, beautiful dress or great hair or something, but I'm not like, Oh, well, the thing is I have no, you know, if I look at a photo of a woman that has a larger body, um, the thing is I know I don't have, um, judgments attached to size anymore where I used to, which is terrible. But we've talked about it before on this podcast. We're all coming from the same fat phobic society. So if I were to see a photo of eight women lined up on their girls' nights, all their bodies are different sizes. I, first of all, because I've worked on my own body confidence, I'm not doing what you were talking about. I'm not looking at the larger bodies or whatever. But it's just a subtle difference. Ten years ago, I may have looked at all the different size bodies um, definitely notice them and also pass judgment on them where today I may look at that same photo, see all the different size bodies and pass zero judgment. Like right. I I'm able to look at, um, other bodies and see the different sizes and, and just, and feel neutral about that. But here's the thing, the re- one of the reasons you have to keep looking at photos is, of yourself is also, you know, what I say to myself is that's the way you look, deal with it. So when, you know, like when I, that's the way you look. So if I see a photo of myself, you know, from a certain angle and I can see, you know, all my crow's feet on the side, it's like, deal with it. You have wrinkles. You are in that stage of your life. Deal with it. Move on. It is not the most important thing about you. And the other thing for people, I guess, to remember is when we choose not to share those sides of ourselves, um... Again, your choice whether you want to or not, but another reason that can um, add to your purpose is that we're sort of just adding to the problem in some ways. So um, the reason people need to see more of these photos is so they can become, I guess, (laughs) desensitized to the fact that women have fat, cellulite, stretch marks, wrinkles, I mean, everybody does, and that's just a part of life. And the more we keep trying to hide that part of ourselves, um, the more we're saying those parts are not okay um, and don't deserve to take up, you know, space on our social media feed or whatever. Like, women need to see more of that stuff. And and if you find yourself with a social media (laughs) um, 
feed that is just full of photoshopped pictures, you know, find some other people to follow. Like Amanda Thieb, who we've also had on our podcast, um, she's at Fit and Chips um, on Instagram and on Facebook. She, I'm not sure of her age. Um, I think she's in her 40s or 50s and she shares photos of herself all the time um, with, you know, wrinkles exposed, no photoshopping and talks about this is the stage of life she's in. And, and she loves that. She's, um, it's a blessing to grow older. And I love that she shares that. Um, I just think it's beautiful. And even for someone like me looking, you know, heading into that stage of life myself, it's great to have her as an example of embracing that. Right. So we need more people like that. Yeah. And I think, um, the the funny thing is, is and I still notice this in myself. When I see that in other women, I think it's absolutely beautiful. The struggle comes with finding the beauty when I see it on myself. Right. Yeah. And, and I can understand that's, that. That's a, that's a little bit tougher for me. I, I'm better than what I was. I'm not certainly not perfect. I mean, this is kind of a journey and an evolution and a process that we're all on. And I don't think you ever just arrive um, or have immunity to... You know, I mean, you and I and Lauren still have photos that we're like, oh, I mean, you know, we've taken, had no number of photo shoots together and finding a photo that the three of us (laughs) all like like of ourselves (laughs) in one photo is, can be challenging. Right. Yeah. Um, And the funny thing is, is that you'll look at a photo of me and Lauren and you'll be like, oh, you guys look, you look great. This is, this is such a good photo of you. And Lauren and I'll be like, ugh, no, no. Yeah. So I would compare that to like, that's your self-love, self-acceptance journey, right? That's part of it. Yeah. And so, because you think about, I don't know if I've seen a bad photo of my kids. Do you know what I mean? Like you just love them so much. And if you love someone unconditionally and accept them for who they are, then you just, you're just like... You know, you just can't see a bad photo of them. And I guess that speaks to how much I love you and Lauren. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like I can't find a bad photo of you guys. But well, of I, course, I, I, I take pretty good photos. So <laughs> you do. You are quite photogenic. But I think, you know what? I think we all know that I'm not very photogenic. And we all, I've seen you and Lauren even cringe at photos of me. <laughs> you just get a little stiff. Yeah, I'm super awkward in front of the camera. Um, But here's the thing too. Um, Here's how, here's how I know that my perception has shifted about photos. Um, And I said this to a girlfriend and she kind of gave me a look like, okay, like what? Um, (laughs) But I I just did a little fitnessy photo shoot project not too long ago. And um, I, I said to her and I was legit serious. I said, Sometimes I feel like the camera cannot capture my my whole beauty. Like they, it just can't. Like it can't. <laughs> that's awesome. And and um, she kind of gave me this look, like yeah, okay. And I said, if I take a bad photo, it's um, or if I see a bad photo, I think it's like the it's that's just a bad photo. That's not because I'm not cute or because I'm not pretty or because I don't look good. It's just a bad photo. Fo- it's the photo's fault. That's a fault. really awesome thing. That's a great response to seeing a quote unquote bad photo of yourself is to say, I'm super cute. I'm gorgeous. That's a bad photo of me. Yeah. And in <laughs> fact, um, when I was looking, 
for information on this podcast, uh, Leslie Kinzel um, wrote an article for Exo Jane and, uh, about how she grew more comfortable loving photos of herself. And in that article, she made a really great analogy. She said, if I took a photo of you mid-sneeze, you probably wouldn't like the expression on your face, but you wouldn't believe that you looked like that all the time. You would just think that's what I look like mid-sneeze and that's it. And you would kind of just right. brush it off. And that's how you, really every photo is. It's just how you looked in that split second in that lighting and that outfit in that position, you know, in that surrounding, that's what the camera caught as a visual. That's not all of you, right? Not even close to all of you. And certainly not what you look like all the time. What I will say is that if you run through our list of tips on how to accept photos of yourself and you still, and you still see and you still look at the photo, you think that's a bad photo. Um, what I will say is that for me, it often comes back to reminding myself that, um, looking good, quote unquote, again, flattering is not part of my value system. So, um, I like physical appearance, appearance is, um, just not high on my values. So, I just sort of come back to that often. I think, you know, if I see a bad photo of myself or if people listening, they just, they really cannot accept that photo. Yes, it's just a bad photo, of course, but also we are more than our appearance. We are more than our bodies. So here's the thing. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us are closer to society's ideal of beauty and some of us are further away. Some of us are fat and some of us are thin and some of us are medium. And here's the thing. We just live in a society that values a certain look. And if you just can't, it's just a no win game to go through your life comparing yourself to what that look is. So if you can see that photo and you hate it and you don't like it and you want to delete it and all the, no matter what Jen and Annie say, you're never going to accept that photo. Maybe you could come back to how much do you actually value physical appearance? And if that's a hard no for you, you don't really, then, you know, then it's really not a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? Because you wouldn't, you know, we don't, we just, I don't think people understand how much society beauty ideals affect us. And Nobody seems to care. Can you imagine if society was obsessed with people with brown eyes? Like obsessed. Do you know what I mean? And it it would seem ridiculous, right? So then we all go out and we buy like brown contacts because everyone wants to have brown eyes. Um, And that's what we do with our bodies. It's like bodies come in all different shapes and sizes, but we are obsessed with thin bodies. So everybody's just trying to be thin. And that's what they're doing. They're dieting and they're doing all these extreme things to change their bodies to be thinner, but put that in a different context, like eye color. Guess what? We're all born with different color of eyes. So, you know, you just put it in a different context and you think, wow, like we really put a lot of value on physical appearance in our society. And it, and then what we seem to value constantly changes from like being very thin to like having a big butt to, to the thigh gap and, you know, and people are just following these trends and it's crazy what we'll do to, you know, to kind of fit into the ideal. Without even stopping to question it. Right. Like, why do I think this? Why do I value this? Why do I want this? Like what, like where did this come from? 
Like butt implants are a thing now. They well, are a I like thing that butts. people are doing. <laughs> yeah, so people do. But here's the thing: I don't have a big butt, and I will. I will never have a big butt. It is right. just not in my genetic. Um, unless I, you know, maybe tirelessly worked my glutes constantly, but it would still never be as big as yours. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Thank so you. it's like, well, <laughs> take that as a compliment. <laughs> butts are in right now, and. I, but I don't have it. So it's like, what extreme am I willing to go to, to have a bigger butt? Am I willing to go get butt implants? Well, no, (laughs) I'm not. And if brown eyes were in, I wouldn't be willing to wear brown contacts every day. And so I think people need to stop and say like, you know, my body is what it is like, and what is within my control and what isn't within my control and um, what am I willing to do? And that answer will be different for every person. I'm not, I'm not going to judge you if you want butt implants, brown contacts, whatever. I'm not going to judge you, but I just bring it back to my own personal values. Um, and that's for and the individual look. to decide if they value right. big butts and they want a butt implant, then, you know, do you boo. But like, that's, right. you know, just at least give it some consideration. Where does this desire yes. come from? Where, do, where, are, where are my values? Do I want that to be part of my value system? Do I not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So real quick recap, um, here are Jen and Annie's tips on growing more comfortable with photos of yourself. Step one, don't panic. If when you do see a photo that you don't absolutely love, uh, you can take time to feel all the feelings, um, notice any impulses, but you don't have to act on them. Maybe just keep the photo, uh, Restrict the urge to delete it if you can um, and revisit it in a few days or a week or an hour or whatever you need um, and then see how you feel about it. Uh, Step two, keep looking and keep taking photos. Um, I know, like I said, it can feel counterintuitive to do that. Like I don't want to do the thing that makes me feel really uncomfortable um, because comfort zones are comfortable. And I want to keep taking photos with my skinny arm and my cocked hip and, um, you know, my like smirky smile where I don't show all my teeth. Jen, (laughs) (laughs) in a photo shoot, this is side note, in a photo shoot, when I smile, you can see like all of my teeth, all of my teeth. Yeah. And Jen looked at me at a photograph and she goes, is that like a strategy of yours when you smile? Well, you have a beautiful smile. And I'm just like, and when I look at it and I just see like, I just see like, I can count your teeth. Like you just, you're just like a dentist's dream. And because I have a big yeah. mouth. And I'm like, wow, like look at all of her teeth. Like, and I'm like, do you, is that like a, like, a, is that a strategy? And if you could see her curious. right now, she's trying to smile like me. And she's like, looks like she's just like snarling at me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so keep looking, keep taking the photographs, even though it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, you can just do that in the privacy of your own home, which is a fair amount of our community members have done. They've just set up a uh, their phone on a dresser or whatnot and just snap some photos, taking a video, then take stills from the video is what I often do. Um, and just try to get a little bit more comfortable and then focus on what else you see in the video or the photo besides maybe just your dislikes. And then lastly, acknowledge that not every photo is going to be an amazing photo that you're in love with. Like I said, Jen, Lauren, and I still take photos and we're like, nope, I don't like that one. Get rid of it. Or that's not going in the hat for our website or social media. 
that doesn't mean that you need to start a diet, that you need to lose weight, that you're a bad person, that you're just not attractive, that you're not desirable. It doesn't mean anything. It was just a photo and that's all it is. And you're way more than the visible image that a photo could ever, ever capture and practicing some self-compassion, examining where those values come from, managing expectations, I think can all be a really big help when you're improving your relationship with the camera, so to speak. And just last one is um, try, I just want to add, um, when you're struggling, bring it back to how you felt inside your body. Yes. When that photo was taken. Yes. That's a good, yeah, I forgot that. Like, how did you feel when that photo was taken? Mm -hmm. And just bring it back to that. Keep that in the forefront. Good. I like that. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Good. Good job. Good. We can't seem to get these podcasts under an hour, though. <laughs> well, maybe we talked too much about nannies at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jen. Bye, Annie. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you aren't a member already, Jen, Lauren, and I would love to invite you to join our free private Facebook community. Great.